If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You know, as I think about this speech last night, as I think about where we are in presidential politics where we are um, as a nation, as a as a country trying to, I don't know, improve our situation, at, at least in an ideal world. You have some that oppose, <laughs> some that actually oppose things that uh, are good for anyone outside of the government or a specific political party or someone in, well, a family of a politician and all that kind of silly nonsense. But The State of the Union kind of puts those things into perspective, and we're going to talk about the State of the Union address, which Trump delivered last night in the Capitol House, uh, the House side of the Capitol in Washington, D.C. So we'll talk about that. I want to, I have some initial thoughts, and yes, Rush received the uh, Medal of Freedom last night, which was, um, I think, I think, look, I know people hate Rush. They say, terrible things about Rush. Some are effectively uh, dancing, dancing upon the announcement of his diagnosis of cancer. These are these are repre- reprehensible people. That's a pathetic, classless thing to do. I don't even really care what these people think about, candidly, anything. That That's just, um, if you don't like him, fine. If you want to raise questions about things like his uh, Michael J. Fox... Um, you know, how that whole situation, okay. If you want to question some of the things he said and done, okay. But to celebrate on the uh, announcement of his cancer diagnosis is, says more about that person as an individual than could ever say about Rush Limbaugh. But that happened last night. I want to talk about all of these things, but I'm going to stop and pause here and tell you that you want to contact me by email, share your thoughts, comments, questions, yes, even adoration and praise, you can email me, Todd, at ToddHuffShow.com. You can also go to Facebook, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow. We sometimes um, we have different types of interaction on there. I love to connect with you, the listener. Facebook is not my necessarily cup of tea. I don't go and spend great deals of time there. It's a great tool to help us connect, and we like to do that with you there. Um, and, but we're not going to spend hours 
on there, living on there. Um, in fact, I don't go, I don't hardly ever go to my personal page other than to maybe share something from from the show. Anyway, facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show is the Facebook uh, page. You can like us while while you're there as well. That'll help us reach more people and increase that digital footprint, which is on our list of things to begin to tackle more seriously in 2020. So it's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk about this State of the Union address. Actually, what I want to do first, I want to I want to come I want to think about this from a perspective of if you, if you want to boil this down to the simple, you know, one side versus the other. It's it's more complicated than that. But let's just look at the Democrats and Republicans or the Democrats and Trump. Right? Let's let's look at what's happened here. In the past six months, and yes, I know Nancy Pelosi. Oh, Nancy Pelosi, I gotta love it. I was I was on delay, right? I was I was about fifteen minutes late, so I was watching the the State of the Union on delay because, um, well, I just there's a reason for that. I don't want to go into, but so I watched it. I had a friend text me, and he said he knew I was watching it. I was a little bit behind on the the time where what at what point he was and he said wait until you get to the uh, what Nancy Pelosi did at the end of the speech and she tears up literally for the cameras again bad political theater Nancy Pelosi just can't I think that's another reason why they don't they don't like Trump Trump nails the political theater Trump rises to the occasion like he did last night and just sticks man he stuck it to them so many times they're murmuring in the crowd. They're mumbling and tearing up speeches. Who cares? Some people are upset. I, do, I don't care. I don't care that uh, Elon Omar was, what, FaceTiming or <laughs> going to Snapchat, going and texting people. I don't care. I don't care. The only reason we're talking about these things is that's because that's the only thing we can say about them because they're not doing anything. And that's really, I think, the point here. When you compare and contrast the Democrats and Trump and you ask yourself, what have they accomplished, both sides, and even say the past few months? I guess you could add to this list Nancy Pelosi tears up Trump's State of the Union speech for dramatic effect. But what I have listed, what I have listed as the two accomplishments, maybe maybe three – Three accomplishments if you if you list Nancy Pelosi tearing up the State of the Union address last night for television. Stands up all dramatically. Rip. Rip. She had to take it in small sections. I don't think she could have ripped the whole thing up in one fell swoop. But anyhow, they had they've had two things that they've should have been doing, basically, the past six months. One of those is preparing for a presidential campaign, and the other is because of their deranged uh, <laughs> approach to governing and, and legislating today and because of their strategy, because, because of their terrible, flawed, broken, less than inspiring presidential campaign, they have impeachment. That became the presidential campaign because these presidential candidates are terrible campaigners. They don't have a story – so they've had two things. Get ready for your presidential nomination process and launch impeachment. And if you want to say have Nancy Pelosi practice tearing up papers in the back room so that she could do that on stage and be the one thing that people wanted to talk about on the day after the State of the Union address. 
But if you look at this, all they've had to do is get the presidential candidates ready and launch impeachment. Impeachment has been an utter failure, right? It's been an absolute disaster. It's been partisan from the beginning. Partisan. The only, the only so far, you, know, you could say one exception was two Republicans voted to call witnesses, but the only bipartisanship in the impeachment process is when Democrats decided to, a couple of them, decided to join with the Republicans, at least you know, in the sense of voting against the articles of impeachment, at least one article of impeachment. Or you could make the case with Tulsi Gabbard voting present instead of actually yay for the articles of impeachment. They actually moved towards the Republicans. And in fact, we have a Republican who was a Democrat, right? When this impeachment process, we have... We had one more Democrat. It's the only movement that we've seen in, in the bipartisan world, which, of course, is what we're supposed to strive for, bipartisanship. I'm not a person that believes in this whole concept of bipartisanship. I think there's a practical reality that you should try to find a way to get things done. I also believe that you, could, you should try to uh, find a way to not personally destroy the life of, of another human being. As some people have that that's their view of politics. How can we personally destroy somebody? But I also believe that you should win political arguments. I also believe that you should stand for what you believe. I also believe that you should articulate, make the case for, defend whatever it is, whatever thing you're trying to accomplish, or in the case of impeachment, present a defense in the media. That's why I respected so much senator mike braun here from the great state of indiana and i really have no respect for those that hide from the cameras because this is your job like it or not in 21st century america this is what your job is so democrats have basically had two things to worry about one is impeachment utter failure senate sets to is set to vote later this afternoon Four o'clock or so, who knows? Things might get delayed. Six o'clock, I don't know exactly. But Donald J. Trump should be acquitted in the Senate today. So there's a failure. This thing is kind of fading off into the, the sunset here with not so much as a, I mean, it's maybe a little quiver here and there, but this thing is, is basically fading off into oblivion. And it's going to be in the rearview mirror quickly, uh, more quickly than we can even imagine. The other thing is the presidential campaign, and look at what they've done in Iowa. Folks, I cannot – For the remember yesterday, I was having a little fun making, making fun of this process. I would give you updates, 6, 13 a.m. Still don't know the counts. In fact, I remember asking at one point yesterday, might have been on Facebook, I don't know, might have been on the show, are they – surely by this point in time, they could get enough – people with fingers and toes to tabulate these. I know that the radical left, and that's what the Democrat Party is today, I know the radical left has trouble with basic math. That's why they think everything is free. That's why they think there's a, I don't know, endless supply of, of money and government promises that someone else can pay for so that they can trade a vote, get a vote from a constituent, and in return give them a freebie. I understand that that's how the game is played, but there's this little thing called math that they don't understand. And I know that there is some basic math required to run a caucus in Iowa, to count, to tabulate votes. And so 
surely by this point, and they still don't have all the, the precincts reporting as of last check. I think it's still 62%. We're almost, I mean, people almost forget that we had this. We're already talking about New Hampshire. We don't even know who won at this particular point. The candidate that's supposed to be winning, Joe Biden, looks like he's going to end up in fourth. Old white guy. Another old white guy, Bernie Sanders, apparently, we don't know. Looks like he's going to finish in second place. 25 point something percent of the vote. Pete Buttigieg, who's only been a mayor of a small town, which again, I mean, South Bend is in the state of Indiana. I got nothing against South Bend. You're dealing with a 30, whatever he is, 37, 38 year old guy who doesn't have a lot of a lot of experience. He appears to have won the Iowa caucus. He's going to have trouble in certain places. He's going to have trouble uh, in certain parts of the country, certain regions. Trump will as well, right? I mean, we know that. But does does Buttigieg uh, hold hold the have the ability to to win that? I mean, we don't know. We don't even know that he's won Iowa yet, right? They got a make believe Native American up there, which I can say, by the way, as the 13th great-grandson of Pocahontas, proven by a professional genealogy. I can, I, can, I can say these things, folks. I can say these things as the official self-appointed spokesperson of the Pocahontas family. She's a make-believe Native American. This is what they've given us, old white guys, socialists, and a make-believe Native American. And they are sputtering. Trump, on the other hand has made trade deals. We've got China. We've got the repeal and replacement of NAFTA with the USM, uh, MCA. We've got the terrorist, General Soleimani, dead. We've got Trump defeating impeachment. We've got all-time, number, all-time high approval numbers for Gallup. Did you see that announced this week? 49% approval numbers in Gallup, the highest he's ever had. And actually, Trump even went as far as winning the Iowa caucus without even campaigning there. <laughs> I mean, of course, he should have. We have a couple of people who somehow, I don't know, think that it's a good idea to run for president here. I don't know what they're, they're thinking. I have no personal qualms here, but this is just madness. So Trump actually win, wins a caucus he didn't campaign for. The Democrats can't even get results for a caucus when it's really one of only two things they're supposed to be focused on, that and impeachment. I mean, just by laying that out, and there's, that's just scratching the surface, folks. That's just scratching the surface. Trump went into great detail last night in the speech talking about the economy, talking about low numbers of unemployment, record numbers in many cases, many uh, subgroups of people having all-time low numbers of unemployment, Wages that have increased, the market improvement, people's 401ks and retirement funds have increased dramatically. People have more money in their pocket because of tax cuts. This thing is just churning and humming along. Consumer confidence is high, and Democrats can't even count votes. Can't even count votes. I mean, it it is not a fair fight right now. It is not, and they know it. And that is why you want to talk about why Nancy Pelosi rips up the speech like she did, which I don't care. It's so it's so childish and just silly, juvenile, just really pathetic. 
But this is what we've come to expect. It's bad political theater from people that don't know how to do political theater. They get shown up every time they step onto the stage with Donald Trump. They don't know what to do. They're out of options. They are scared. They've lost time and time again. They have nothing positive to tell the American people as they go out and campaign. They don't even know who the winner is in Iowa. I mean, this is truly, truly an unmitigated disaster right now in the Democrat Party. I'm really long in this first segment. Oz has been doing her job here, notifying me. She's basically throwing her hands up in the air, thinking that I'm not paying attention. But I am. I am paying attention. So I'm going to stop and take a break when we get back. Lots more to say about this. Maybe uh, share a little bit. I'll share some thoughts about the State of the Union. I'll also maybe maybe share a couple of clips. I don't know how much of that I want to get into uh, because of time constraints. But nonetheless, uh, that's what we're talking about here this morning. You are listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, should mention here, this program is brought to you. Look, I appreciate, I, I hear from our uh, we here, as we're growing, of course, hear from our advertisers, and uh, we appreciate you supporting the advertisers of this program. That's um, there's a lot of things that have to happen to to bring a program to you. I've got a team here with Oz, and now John, the sales director, have some others that help us with some things. So they have to put this together. We've got our stations. We got some great station partners. Have we got you, the listener, um, tuning in every day? At least you should. It'd be a very wise move on your part to tune in every day, and uh, that's that's something altogether uh, special and different to me. Just the way that um, we get to interact, and I hear from some of you. I try my best to get back. It's getting to the point where it's hard for me to respond to everything. The, by the way, the amount of calls I've gotten um, for Rush um, has really been. Like in a way, humbling to me to to hear the outpouring of support for Rush, and we'll talk about that a little bit later here as well. But also the advertisers, and so I appreciate you supporting them. One of those here in the Indianapolis market is Economy Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. Jod and his team, they were one of our very, very first advertisers. They've been with us effectively from the beginning. In fact, at 2 a.m., when we were first uh, put on the air at 2 a.m., Jod and Economy stepped up. They were one of the first to jump in, and I've always been honored by that. So if you're here in the central Indiana region area and you're looking for, if you're having problems with your furnace, it's gotten, it was 70 a couple of days ago. Now we're down into the the 30s. If, If your furnace isn't keeping up, if there's issues, or as we move towards spring as well, maybe thinking about, uh, you know, just getting ready for the warmer months. Consider our friends at Economy Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. You can go uh, go to their website, economyheatingandair.com, to find out more information, to contact them directly, and always be sure to tell them that the Todd Huff Show sent you. So I want to get back to this larger talk about where the two parties are as we head into a presidential election season, right? I mean, that's where we are. Democrats don't know who the winner is in Iowa still. They think it's close, 
and the way that these delegates are awarded, um, it's going to be somewhat close to what we're seeing now, we think. We don't know. I mean, technically, we're not even two-thirds of the way of the way there. Still, again, like I said, maybe they're looking for people um, who need to donate, come to the site, not actually donate fingers and toes. They don't, they don't want – I got to make sure that's clear. They don't want you to, to take them off. Just show up, and you can count with your fingers, and you can take your shoes and socks off and use that as well. They're, they're having problems counting this. It's inexcusable. I don't know. Maybe maybe Russia hacked it. We went through some of this yesterday. Another possibility, I don't know if you saw this. You know, you can't write this stuff. You can't make this up. A firm that was started by someone – I'm trying to pull it up. I have so many things pulled up here. It's not even funny. Someone with connections to the Clinton campaign. They're actually the firm that – the DNC in Iowa chose, selected to build the app, right? So they, they need this app, they say, they think. Who knows? Maybe they don't really need the app. We've somehow gotten by without the app for a long time in Iowa. Didn't have the degree of problems that we have now. I shouldn't say we because this is them, not not me. So they have the app developed supposedly by someone who's connected to the Clinton campaign, then all things fall apart with this app, right? I don't know if Hillary's emails are tied to this. I don't know if she if she emailed the Ukrainians or the Russians or maybe both, gave them login information so that they could have free reign. Maybe they made a donation uh, to something that Hillary's involved with, maybe the Clinton Foundation. So in exchange, she gave them login access. We don't know at this point. All we know is the Democrats in the state of Iowa are telling us to just trust them. Just trust them. and It's been an absolute debacle. I mean, truly, I don't know if this thing could be more blown out of proportion or, I, you know, not blown out of proportion. I, I should say more just they, they've dropped the ball here. This could not be, in my estimation, a bigger mess, even if they tried to do that. As I said yesterday, you know, when, when there's some sort of a competition, an election a sporting event like the Super Bowl, you always think in terms of who's who's going to win this and who's going to lose this, right? In some instances, if it's not the Super Bowl, if it's a regular season game, you might say, "What's is there going to be a tie? It's a very, very rare event, but it can't happen. Now we have to think in terms of possibilities that didn't even exist before, at least in the world of logic, because we assume there's going to be a winner and a loser. We still don't know. Because they can't count their votes, because they can't count the votes, we have to consider all sorts of possibilities. Like maybe maybe these candidates will be abducted by aliens. You know, in a Super Bowl analogy, maybe one of the teams won't show up. Didn't think about that. Maybe you go to uh, pay your ticket or you, you take your ticket to the stadium and they won't let you in to watch the game. <clears throat> maybe they move the location. Like Colin Kaepernick did. Maybe they moved the location of the event, thereby making it impossible for teams to get there on time. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the footballs, normally delivered by FedEx or UPS or whoever has that corporate sponsorship, maybe they don't get to the field in time. I don't know. We have to think about these possibilities in an analogous way with the Democrat primary process now because they can't run 
They can't even run a simple election like this. I mean, this is absolutely, I'm telling you right now, this is about as dumb and incompetent a thing that could possibly happen. And again, they have two priorities, impeachment and this election. And they've completely fallen apart on both on both grounds. And so this is not a pretty moment for the Democrats. Trump's at 49%, his highest in Gallup. He had the bully pulpit last night. He basically was attacking socialism, talking about his successes. And what are we talking about this morning with the Democrats? We're talking about Nancy Pelosi tearing up Trump's speech. That's it. That's all they've got. It is not a good time. It is not a good time at all to be a Democrat, folks. I'm not saying that they can't get this together in time for the November elections. I think we better be prepared for one heck of a battle. I don't care if, if Trump does uh, put you know find a way to win this election big. That's that's great. But we have to be in the mindset that we're in for one heck of a political fight here as we head into this election cycle. Because, in fact, <laughs> as crazy as it may be, again, when I heard people voting for Obama because of his jump shot or because he favored a college football playoff and things of this sort, I realized that all bets are off. And so we've got to push this across the finish line. But they are not, they, the Democrats, are not doing themselves any favor. Faltering and stumbling, <laughs> it is embarrassing, truly embarrassing. Can't even count votes of their own primary. A Clinton, former Clinton team member involved in the technological aspect of this brings back memories of all the servers and bathroom closets and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just terrible optics. I heard CNN, I got to take a break, but I saw CNN yesterday. I saw CNN yesterday. I mean, they were hammering the Democrat Party. CNN hammering Joe Biden. I mean, it is not it is not good. That's supposedly the front, the, the guy that's supposed to be winning these these races. He is the establishment. He is the person that's connected to Obama. Right? They're supposed to continue that wondrous administration through Joe Biden. Anyway, I've got to take a time out. Plenty of other things to get to as we. As the program unfolds, you're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. I should advise you, legally obligated here, to advise you that listening to this program may in fact cause you to lean to the right. Be back in just a minute. Talking about State of the Union, talking about just the, the state of, of politics. Yeah, you're right. I, sorry, I had the volume still on from the television here. But the State of the Union um, in general, not just the, the, the speech, but the State of the Union as it really is. And I want to start. I want to play this to begin with. Because of because of the, the meaning to this program, because of the outpouring of support, for Rush, uh, Rush Limbaugh that we had on this program yesterday. I want to I want to play this part of the State of the Union last night where Rush Limbaugh was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Now, 
you've probably heard of this before. This was an award that was established by President Kennedy back in 1963. And it's supposed to be awarded to uh, those who have, as it says here, an especially meritorious contribution to the security or national interests of the United States, world peace, cultural, or other significant public or private endeavors. And so the president, I think in a very classy way, Rush Limbaugh, again, my my personal hero when it comes to uh, this craft, as, as I shared yesterday, there's uh, no one like Rush Limbaugh. There's no – everyone else is playing for second, second place. Diagnosed with advanced lung cancer, stage four, sitting up beside Melania Trump, the first lady, he and his wife, and wife Catherine. And they – Trump not only recognizes him, but Trump awards him the Medal of Freedom during the speech. A very moving moment. Of course, the left doesn't like this. Um, I don't care what, just, you know, but they, they, they want to compare, I mean, some of the things I've read and seen, the comparisons, uh, to, to Hitler and, uh, some of his, some of his, um, folks in that evil Nazi regime. That's what this is being compared to by some. It's just, it's complete folly and nonsense. Has Rush said things that he regrets? I'm sure that he he has when you speak that much. There's been times he's apologized on the air, so we know that he has. So we know that he's not perfect. That's never been the the point. But the point in honoring him is, is saying that what he's done is, A, absolutely remarkable. B, for the conservative movement, absolutely necessary. I wouldn't be doing this today had it not been for Rush Limbaugh. Others would say would say the same thing. I think if, I mean, look, you have to say the same thing. If you're in this space as a conservative commentator, you owe Rush Limbaugh a debt of gratitude. Whether you say it or not, that's your business. I suppose you don't have to to do that. But I would feel, I believe, that public uh, decency and simple, (laughs) simple, uh, just the desire to be honest, one would decide to do this. To acknowledge this. So I want to play the portion and I'm going to do it in the next segment because first two we ran long. So I've got to take a break here. But when we get back, I want to play this portion of the speech last night where Rush Limbaugh was honored and given during the speech. Melania uh, actually placed the Presidential Medal of Freedom on Rush Limbaugh. And I think a very classy thing to do. And for those who didn't at least stand up and show their humanity, um, I would say shame on them. You can stand and applaud the guy um, if for no other reason than personal encouragement for what he's about to embark upon with this this treatment. Um, but again, pol- uh, everything is political today. Can't even, can't even encourage a human being who has stage four lung cancer. I think this is reprehensible, by the way. Stage four lung cancer, as President Trump gives him the Presidential Medal of Freedom last night. We'll play that clip and other things about this speech. I've got lots of other thoughts. We'll kind of go through some of the highlights as well. We don't get to those in the first hour. Never fear. We'll continue talking about that in hour number two. If you can't catch hour number two live or on the radio, simply go to ToddHuffShow.com 
slash total access where for just 25 bucks a year you get access to hour number two digitally as a subscriber as a member of total access so i've got to take a time out we'll share this when we return you're listening to conservative not better talk yes i'm your host todd huff back here in just a minute Again, I want to share this part. If you missed it last night, the part of the speech where President Trump recognizes Rush Limbaugh and awards him with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. One of the obvious highlights of the of the speech, you know, content aside, there were a couple of moving moments. Um, there were families that were recognized, where uh, in one particular case, um, the parents of a of a young lady who was killed by al-Baghdadi. They were honored. There was a widow and her son who lost uh, a husband and a father to a roadside bomb um, that was planted by those that were tied to General Soleimani. They were recognized. Effectively, Soleimani killed uh, this this woman's husband and this young young man's father. Moving moments. Several moving moments, but this was another one. This was another one last night. President Trump taking time, taking time to honor uh, Rush Limbaugh, and I want to play this for you. Um, and there's a there's some applause here, so bear with me. But I think it's worth um, it's worth spending some time doing this again. That this was a about uh, maybe two thirds of the way through his speech. About 45 minutes or so into the speech. So here he is recognizing Rush Limbaugh and awarding him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Most every American family knows the pain when a loved one is diagnosed with a serious illness. Here tonight is a special man, beloved by millions of Americans, who just received a stage four advanced cancer diagnosis. This is not good news, but what is good news is that he is the greatest fighter and winner that you will ever meet. Rush Limbaugh, thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country. Rush standing, saluting the president, taking in the moment. Down before the, the crowd, <laughs> pumping his arm up and down. A little bit of that happening. Pence and Trump clapping. Nancy Pelosi sitting at the desk, staring at a piece of paper that she was going to shred. In recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Good for President Trump. 
You know, if you can't stand up for this, I get it. I get Rush is divisive to people. He says things that drive the rough bonkers. He stood in the, in the way. He is, he is the roadblock to them getting more power, especially in the early days of talk radio. When I will now ask the First Lady of the United States to present you with the honor, please. Here she is, Melania, taking the medal. Rush turning around. She's placing it around uh, his neck from the from the back and affixing it on his uh, in between his shoulders. The crowd erupting in applause again. Someone yelling out, "Thank you, Rush!" You know, conservatives and Republicans owe a great deal of gratitude to this man. He's accomplished tremendous things. This was a classy move. It was not classy for those who refused to stand and at least acknowledge. I mean, come on. Joe Biden, by the way, has won the Presidential Medal of Freedom awarded by Obama in 2017. It's kind of classless not to at least recognize what he's going through, stage four, his accomplishments. Anyway, there he is, pounding his chest at President Trump, <clears throat> thanking him. Democrats sitting here on their hands, having to endure this. And all they had to do was just acknowledge. Just acknowledge it. Anyway. Rush and Catherine, congratulations. All right, I can't Thank play. Thank you, Catherine. I can't play anymore. That was a moving moment. I've got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Listener, had a listener, Tyler. Thanks for. I didn't see this uh, yet this morning. Gary Varvel, a friend of this program, someone we've uh, had on. <clears throat> In fact, he he left some thoughts yesterday, which I share with you about Rush. He <laughs> his cartoon today, um, which I just posted on our Facebook page. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Cruella Pelosi ripping up uh, the speech and throwing it in the air behind Trump. Uh, <laughs> Well, well done as usual, Gary. Uh, I just I posted that there. Thanks for for pointing that out too, Tyler. I didn't uh, I hadn't seen that this morning, but as usual, spot on with where we are in in Gary's uh, political cartoons and commentary. So we're coming here to the end of of, of the first hour. <clears throat> we're going to continue on the other side of the top of the hour here, uh, talking about. There's so much I want to talk about. There's things I haven't gotten to with Iowa yet. Still, by the way, waiting on the final counts from Iowa, tick-tock, tick-tock, 6.57 a.m. Wednesday. This is two days now after the vote was held. They still can't calculate and tabulate that. Again, maybe they need to call in some more Democrats, maybe bust some folks in like they do uh, at certain, certain precincts during election time. Maybe they need more fingers and toes. I'm not sure. So many things that could have happened here gone awry. Um, so we'll update that as well, but I'll talk about the State of the Union after the top of the hour, and we'll continue the conversation anyway. You can also subscribe and get that digitally the second hour by going to tothuffshow.com slash total access. Guys, have a great day. Thanks for listening. SDG, see you in a minute.